Okay, quiet on the set, everybody. Stand by. Roll camera. Speed. Roll sound. Speed. Market. And cue talent. Hello and welcome to This Week in Production. I'm your host, Art Aldridge, and you're listening to episode 48. Before I get to this week's topic, I want to encourage you to send me your comments and feedback. Please email thisweekinproduction at gmail.com or call me on my Google voicemail. I'm not going to answer, but it's, it's a voicemail box that you can leave a message. 601-564-TWIP, T-W-I-P, 601-564-8947. Like I said, I'd love to hear from you, comments, suggestions, good, bad, or whatever. You want to yell at me? You want to tell me I suck? Please, I welcome it. Okay, let's get back to this week's topic. At the beginning of this week, I got a call from a colleague who had a potential video project he wanted to talk to me about. It wasn't live streaming, so I was very excited because most of the work that I've been doing since Iditarod, which was really right at the beginning of the COVID lockdown, has been live streaming. All of my normal travel work, the big crew jobs, the golf, that's all on hold indefinitely. So, When I got this uh, query to talk about a potential project that wasn't live streaming, I said, wow, okay, let's see what this is about. And as I started getting the details of the job, it really started to make my brain smoke. The project is for a energy type company based in California. And they're used to bringing clients in and doing these tours of their facility, which I guess is very impressive. And of course, now they can't do that. And when you can't bring customers in and wow them with your, you know, your operation, you have to come up with another way to drive business. So they're looking at doing a virtual tour. And I'll skip some of the details about, you know, all the iterations of what they could do. But we wound up discussing a, a virtual tour that would be shot traditional video, not 360, not 3D, just regular video. The thought of having to put a crew together and potentially travel across the country really started to make my brain hurt because I wasn't sure, A, how to price it, B, who would I get to do it? And C, even if I got the green light, would there be regulations and governmental protocols that I wasn't aware of? So there were a lot of question marks that came along with quoting a job like this. I started with my basic quoting process. How many days do I think it's going to take to do, plus the travel days, plus the different locations? And then I started to think about Then I started to add in the extra time that it was going to take based on COVID protocols. So knowing that I might not be able to have a full crew, 
and maybe I don't have all of the resources. Maybe we can't put a lot of people in a room. Maybe the room isn't even the right size. Maybe I have to quarantine for a week or two weeks in that state before I can, you know, work safely. So knowing that some of these things were definitely going to be game changers, if I had to build in a 14-day wait, I mean, the job just wouldn't happen. And if that was the case, I would have to find an alternative way, like a local hire, to go in and, and you know, do the job for me, perhaps with some remote monitoring and things like that. So I priced the job as if it was going to be normal business, plus I factored in about 25% delay in production, being that we knew we weren't going to be able to work as quickly. It was going to take longer. We might have to clean, decontaminate, whatever. So I came up with a price for the production. Then the question is, what do I do about pricing out my crew? Because I don't know if my normal guys want to travel or not. So I made some inquiries, just some feelers say, hey, if I had this job and it was going to happen in California, we'd have to get on a plane. How do you feel about that? Do you want hazard pay for this type of job? You know, what are your expectations for compensation? And there's a range of responses I get to that question. And it's understandable. And then I start thinking about just getting on an airplane and staying in a hotel and, you know, driving the rental car. And again, like I learned some things from my friend Christian, who had, had completed a job and took some precautions. But this was going to be on a different scale. And these were going to be probably uh, the crew members that I normally hire in these positions are a little older in age and have different risk tolerance levels, let's just say. Christian is at one tolerance level. I'm at a different tolerance level. So as I'm bidding this job out and I'm trying to decide how to price it, I kept stopping myself and saying, do I really want to do this job for this price? Like, is it worth me going and doing it? Or is there another way I can do it? And I still don't know the answer to that. But when I priced it, I said, you know what, if I need to go and get on an airplane, and I'm bringing one or two crew people with me, I'm going to book a business class ticket, because at least I can control the row. It's three or four people. I could put my own people within a distance and a proximity, and I would feel better about that than taking a chance, getting thrown in with the wolves in coach in a potentially crowded cabin. So for the first time in many, many months, I went to united.com and I started looking at flights. 
And boy, red lights started going off. No, I'm kidding. No red lights. But I started looking and looking at available seats and things like that. There were actually more seats occupied on the flights from Newark to San Francisco than I had expected. That route in the past, pre-COVID, was basically sold out middle seats only anywhere three to four weeks from day of travel. If you were booking it maybe six weeks out, you could try to find a window or an aisle seat. But anything under three weeks, you're pretty much getting middle seats. That's a very good route for United. And it still shows people are taking that route for, I'm assuming, for work. So I look at the seats. I decide I'm going to price it as business because that's just going to be one of the precautions we have to take. And I, I put the bid in there. I decided not to add what I would call a COVID tax, which is like maybe the fear of doing work, but hey, I'm going to overpay and feel better about it. I didn't do that because I just, I don't know, you know, the job may not even be real. It's hard to say, but someone needs to see a number and I have to get my number back to my client who then in turn has to share it with the the client whose uh, company we're producing it for. So I've gone through these iterations. So I thought long and hard about how to price this job, how badly I wanted to do it, and the potential risks in doing so. I also thought about some alternatives if that wasn't viable. And I know it may not be viable to to do that, put three or four people on a plane in business class, get them out there and, and do the job. So I called a local in San Francisco that I've used for a long time. Shout out to Jess. And I said, hey, if this job were to come your way, would you feel comfortable doing it? Would you feel comfortable if I flew out and wanted you to assist. You know, where does that fall on your radar? Like, is that set off bells or not? What's the vibe in locally? Are, are people ready to work? Are they not really interested in working? Is there more work than uh, you guys can handle? What's the vibe? And uh, she said, you know, no, people are, are ready to work. There's some work starting. It's still... Everything is up in the air. No one knows what to do about protocols and guidelines and safety. And I'm not even sure what to do about these protocols and how, you know, what's required safety officer, health officer. And all of this soup swirls around as, you know, we're trying to decide can we really go back to work at this point? I had so many questions about things not related to the actual shoot. Like I asked the company representative, do you have a safety policy in effect for COVID-19 that is going to affect us? 
What is your safety policy? Do you do thermal scans on entry? Do you, you know, require full face masks? Like we have to adhere to some of these things potentially because we're going to be interacting with some of your people. So how does that fall in the scheme of things? Do you have suitable workspace if we need to keep six feet apart? You know, we can't be in a small office, even if it has the best view. So these are many, many unknowns that as I'm trying to bid this job, it's just like, okay, we're just going to throw a number at it. And hopefully we'll be able to come to a safe, satisfactory plan to accomplish the goals. Things like feeding the crew. How do you do that? I don't know. Staying in the hotel. Rent a car. Many, many questions. Not too many answers. And at the end of the day, I'm not sure I'm ready to do it. I would like to think I'm ready. Mentally, I'm ready to do it. But all of the components, when you start to think about the magnitude of things you have to account for, I'm not sure. I am not sure. And the last thing I would want as a producer is to put someone in a situation where they got COVID because of my actions. That's the last thing that I would want on my conscience. At the end of the day, even though I like the idea of making money and doing work and being creative and all of these things, I just don't know if the risk is worth it. How much money does it have to be to make it all worthwhile for everybody? I don't know the answer to that. I haven't heard back yet whether this project will happen or not. I've looked at other scenarios for doing this just for my own sake. And if it comes back to me that the price is too much, I have to have a plan B or a plan C. So I've thought about plan B, which would possibly be a local crew, local DP, local sound. I might send some of my live streaming equipment. I've got a special backpack, a Teradek Bond, it's called. It's a backpack that has four cellular modems in it. You plug SDI into it, and it will stream that to anywhere I want. So I can stream it right back to my uh, home office here, and I could monitor everything that's happening on the shoot in real time. I could take the output of the camera, I could take a GoPro and run it as a set cam if I want to see the whole set. So there's lots of ways that I could work remotely while, you know, still having quality with uh, a local crew. And if they're comfortable and they're minimizing the risk by not having to travel by airplane and stay in hotels and rental cars, okay, maybe that is the way to go. It all depends on how comfortable the client feels with that process because part of the sell, in this case, is me as the, the DP. So that was an idea that I came up with for a plan B. I don't really have a plan C. I suppose a plan C would involve maybe 
a 14-day quarantine in California, but I just don't think that that would be realistic money-wise. Not, not even sure how that would work out. Though I do know someone who just did a job, and they did. They went in and they quarantined for 14 days beforehand, did their pre-production, did their shoot, left, quarantined again for 14 days. I mean, it's a little bit like what Christian was talking about on his project in episode 43. So many, many questions, not so many answers. I don't know how it'll work out. I am curious to see the feedback from the client because the budget is probably 25% higher than it would have been normally. I mean, maybe even more when you factor the extra travel costs. But now part of me says, well, what if they say yes? <laughs> what if they say yes? And then, you know, what do I do? Do I do the job? Take the chance? I think I could do the job and be safe. I'm not that concerned about staying in a hotel or a rental car or flying. I think I would take, as I said, the most precautions that I could in traveling. And if I can, you know, be in a row with people that I've known and trusted to be COVID free, I feel a little bit better about that. I'm taking some comfort in the fact that the airlines are trying to sanitize the planes and the hotels are trying to sanitize the rooms. And as long as you're not eating out in a crowded restaurant or going to a crowded bar and we wear masks and we stay distant, I think, I think I could remain safe. I mean, I did the Jeep trip with Tom. We did stay socially distant as best we could, aside from the two of us being in a vehicle, but we were both um, safe and, and had been, you know, isolated a bit from reality. So I am comfortable with that. And I think if they said yes, and my crew was comfortable, I would probably do the job. But if they come back and they want to negotiate downward, and still expect all the services, then it becomes a question of, is it worth it? And if it's not worth it, I'm probably not doing it. And I don't know what that threshold is, but that's where I'm at. So until next week, stay safe, stay calm, and cheers. Do you have something to say? Drop me an email at thisweekinproduction at gmail.com. Or even better, call our new TWIP voice mailbox and leave us a message. 601-564-TWIP. That's 601-564-8947. Also, a reminder that This Week in Production is available on all major podcast platforms, including Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. So please subscribe to get every episode. Lastly, if you like what you hear, would you mind giving me a rating or a review? I'd appreciate that. Okay, that's a wrap on this week in production. Thanks for listening.